Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. We're just getting started. Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. He's drinking that with no chaser. This is Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. We're just getting started. Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. He's drinking that with no chaser. This is Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. We're just getting started. Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. He's drinking that with no Hey, 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 folks, how are you all doing? It is Thin Bad and the Chief. Hey, hey. And Ambezi is is around doing her thing. You'll hear more about Ambezi a little later. Yes, sir. Uh, in the show. How about that? Does, that? does that sound good? So tonight we're going to talk about something. All you all know that song that was a, a hit some years ago. You hear it playing in the background now. Mike, don't sing. Don't sing now, Chief. Don't don't sing. But so there's been this myth of the superwoman. You know, that the black women have to be, you know, superwoman, do everything, take care of everybody, do everything all the time, take care of everyone else but themselves. Uh, always have to be tough, always have to be the one handling all the business. But the question we ask is that. Is the is the myth of the superwoman is it a, a a blessing or a curse, you know? And does it have does it have health implications? So we've got a guest tonight that's going to talk to us a little bit about that. And we're going to listen. I'm sure there are folks out there who are going to have comments and have things to say uh, with regard to this particular issue because I, I think it's something that we need to talk about. Uh, it's it's overdue. Um, I, you know, people have suffered from this. You've got a lot of, of, there are a lot of misconceptions with regard to health uh, and, and black women's health uh, and how this, this idea of being a, a superwoman or the attitude of trying to pro- be able to project that all the time to be able to, to, to be everything to everybody causes you to kind of lose out on what it is uh, that you need to be doing to take care of yourself. So we've got uh, Ms. Vernell Mitchell. She is with us. She is a, um, a center manager for a PACE program in North Carolina. Uh, I believe in North Carolina. Am I right? <laughs> You're absolutely correct. All right. Good. And she uh, she's done some research uh, on the particular issue that we're talking about in terms of how this 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 um, this I keep saying myth. I mean, maybe I'll come up with a better word by the end of it. But um that that this myth is creating some some negative 
uh, health consequences for some of our black sisters out there. Um, there was a, I was looking around as I was doing some of the, the research, trying to hear some things. And I want to play a couple of clips, uh, one from uh, um, Imayan Ibanga on AJ+. Plus. She's got a, a YouTube channel where she talks about the, the issue. So I want to play a clip, uh, play a couple of clips there. And then um, on the other side of that, Vernell will let you come in and see uh, what she can say to enlighten us and how we can help folks out uh, that folks are not feeling by themselves. The thought of always being seen as strong and resilient may seem complimentary, but the superwoman ideal has some substantial negative effects on black women's health. It's so impactful that psychiatric nurse Cheryl Giscombe has spent the last 15 years studying the psychological stress and health of black women. She's developed what she calls the black superwoman schema and says there are five characteristics of the black superwoman. One is a perceived obligation to present an image of strength. The second is a perceived obligation to suppress emotions. The third is resistance to vulnerability or dependence on help from others. The fourth is a motivation to succeed despite limited resources. And the fifth is prioritization of caregiving or providing care to others in contrast to balancing that with self-care. Giscombe says these factors are very likely impacting Black women's health in ways that aren't really being considered or widely researched. So there... We, you know, we hear some of the, um, and again, we want to thank Imani uh, Banga and uh, AJ Plus for that piece um, where we kind of lay this out. Those are, you heard five points kind of laid out there as, as to what some of the potential uh, health problems um, could move from that particular persona being this, this, this superwoman. So, Vernell, go ahead and, 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 and give us a, a, the benefit of some of the stuff that you've been researching and looking at and what you found with regard to that particular issue. First of so, all, welcome to the show. And we're glad thank to have you. you. Thank you so very much. <laughs> yes, welcome. Welcomes, welcomes. I, I appreciate uh, being able to be a part of the show. Um, to be quite honest with you, the first um, real experience that I had, you know, uh, with the perception of what black women and just black people in general, but in particular black women Mm -hmm. was in a um, class that I was having in my undergraduate studies. It was actually anatomy and a physiology class. And we, a couple of students afterwards were talking to the professor and he said something that has not left me. And this was in 2006. And what he says was in all of the books, and all of the training that he had, uh, it was perceived that the black women were promiscuous. And um, in the, um, the, the book that he studied, yes, the professor actually said that. And he said that in the books, it was always um, being educated, the physicians that were being educated were educated on the fact that Black women were more promiscuous, and so when they came into the healthcare setting, you should know that already, and that that was a part of the effects of how they received treatment. And so my question was, well, uh, where did they get their information and their data from? And they said, in uh, the health departments. And I said, well, what about, you know, people who were in private practice? 
how did was that information uh, given to the you know as part of data? And mm-hmm. they said they had no idea. So I said, well, how did you get that data? I mean, where is that perception coming from? Right. So I was in another sociology class, and they said the exact same thing. They were saying black people, and in particular black women, were more pr- promiscuous, and so they were more uh, susceptible to uh sexually transmitted diseases. So when I asked the professor, where did you get your information from? She really couldn't even tell me where she got her information from. So I said, well, if you go do research in the health department, many of the people that have to access the health department are not just black people. It is Caucasian people as well. So Mm -hmm. if white people who are in private practice, and have private insurance, how do you know that they are not more susceptible to to sexual transmitted diseases? And she couldn't answer me. So I've been on that kick ever since. And so in the research that I'm doing, I'm finding that more white women are susceptible to sexually transmitted diseases, but it's not reported because it doesn't have to be reported from private practice. Health departments have to report that information, but private practices don't have to report that information. So if socially, economically, black people are accessing the health department, that information is being reported, but it doesn't truly reflect what is really going on. And so I'm just, I was just devastated at that fact that doctors are being taught that black people, black women in particularly, are more adverse to sexually transmitted disease. So that started me thinking about, well, what other healthcare aspects are uh, associated with black people in, as opposed to white people? And it was, it's just really astounding the information that I'm receiving. Wow. I, so after the professor got up from the floor, because I'm sure somebody slapped him. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't believe that nobody said a word because at the time I was the only black person in the group. Mm, mm. I don't even want to know. I, we can find out later who the professor was. Are they still teaching? Can we can we straighten them out? I mean, I, I yep. want you to come back with yep. with the research that you have and go back to that class and say, "Look here, sir, or or madam." <laughs> You know, I'm assuming I just you know I just went ahead and assumed it was a male because only a man can say something that stupid. Was it a man? It actually was a man. See, but I have to give it up to him because he was he was willing to tell the story that nobody else is willing to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he so oh okay so he was he was saying this is what was presented. He wasn't saying that himself. That's not what he was. He didn't no, believe that. He, he was, was conveying. Okay, okay. I feel better now. Yeah, he wasn't believing that himself. Oh, he was good. trying to tell okay. me. Okay, good, good. No, good, he good, was good. trying to tell me this is how they're taught. Okay, okay. So just, when, when as right. black women, as black women, when we go into these offices and for, for whatever healthcare disparity, whatever healthcare issue that we have, they already have a preconceived notion of us. They mm. sometimes they in the research that I'm that I'm doing, they don't even realize that that's what's happening. So, so I go ahead. Go, no, I was gonna say. So the research that that you're doing, what is the what's the? Are you just kind of researching um, 
Uh, is there a particular question that you're that you're looking to answer with with the research, or are you just trying to refute uh, some of the things that you just mentioned? Uh, you know, be, because of the fact that you ran into so many people who just had this notion with no data to back it up. Are you are you looking? Because that what you what you mentioned is is uh is something that is the kind of thing that's out there, but we don't think about the fact that. You know, the private practice doesn't have to report the same way that um, these community health type situations, these clinics and things like that have to report. So that would create a a, a, a skewed um, look. And I guess if everybody you're, you're seeing coming in is looking, you know, a particular way and you're they're deal, but they're yet they're dealing with the same issues. They're not dealing with the issues at any greater rate than anyone else. It's just that it's being reported at a much higher uh, rate than, than other folks. Um, so, so really, that's, that's so, crazy. So really, I was really trying to refute that this was really what was happening. Gotcha. But in my, in my current profession, in my PACE program, it's like mm-hmm. a program of all-inclusive care for the elderly. And so I was originally hired as a memory care coordinator, which means I deal primarily with people with dementia. So that's a whole nother topic in itself uh, compared to what black people are going through when it comes to uh, taking care of our people with dementia. So in one of my meetings, I had a, a Caucasian provider and we were talking about a particular participant and what we needed to do to take care of this participant. And she, the participant happened to be not black, but she was Hispanic. So she said she was making several racial comments as like, well, we were talking about her diet and uh, she had some wounds. We were talking about any supplements that she may need. And what she said was, this was a, a white female physician she said well all they eat is rice so we need to (laughs) we need to get them some supplements and I happen to have a Hispanic social worker and she said she said well they're Mexican and they always eat rice well the lady wasn't Mexican she was from Colombia so our social worker had to speak up and say she's from Colombia and I looked at our provider and she really had no idea that there was a difference And so I started thinking, well, if she has no idea there's a difference in Hispanics and the culture and where they, you know, where they originated from, she surely doesn't have an idea about African-American people, especially black women. And I was just floored. And this is in 2000, like 2019. And she's making these comments. And so I know it's something that is ingrained in what they're being taught as they, you know, come up through their um, training as, you know, to become physicians. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I'm just really trying to figure out how we can, you know, mitigate this. But uh, one of the studies I was looking at today, um, it had surveys from African-American women who were <clears throat> uh, quote unquote middle class and how they realize that they have to dress a certain way and act a certain way and talk a certain way 
and able to, in order to go into a physician's office and tell them I have this particular problem and be taken seriously. One of the other pieces of research that I realized uh, was going on was that when an African-American woman goes into a physician's office and says, let's just use back pain. I'm having some back pain. Uh, this happened to me uh, two weeks ago. I had an accident. The physician is less likely to prescribe medications that can help with the pain. But if a Caucasian person goes into a uh, physician's office and states the exact same problem, they are prescribed medications. The reason is because there is an overall view that African-American women, African-American people in general, will abuse opioids, and so they don't give them to them. So they don't get the the treatment that is necessary, and they don't get the same treatment that uh, Caucasians get when overall Caucasians abuse opioids more than African-Americans. And that's just crazy. That is crazy. So, <laughs> so wow. Was- I, I had a uh, question or uh, one of our listeners wanted mm-hmm. to know was the, was the lady that made that comment, was she African-American or was she white? Or if we're talking about the provider, she was, she was white. So let me ask you this. So do you think that some of the providers need a dose of cultural unawareness as well? They actually very much do, but that's not what we do. Uh, there is a culture among providers where they think that they can't be taught anything. They're MBs. They know what they're talking about, and nobody can teach them anything else. And I experienced that in my profession and in my job where I am now. I, to be honest, I've been very blessed to be an African-American woman and be uh, experienced in dementia and memory care. And where I work now, they actually listen to me because they know nothing about dementia and how to handle people with dementia and how to handle caregivers with um, that are dealing with participants with dementia. But overall, they don't want to be taught. They think they don't need to be taught. They think they know everything already. And there is nothing that is set in stone that is happening now that provides them with the education that they need. Right now, we have uh, five providers in the, uh, the um, job that I work at and none of them are African-American. We have no African-American nurses, and we have one African-American social worker. So I work with an interdisciplinary team, uh, and there are... Uh, out of how many people? Story. We have 200, and right now we have 245 participants. 45% of them have dementia, about... of them are African-American. And so being able to see a provider or a nurse or a social worker that is African-American that can automatically understand what you're going through is an issue in our communities right now. So I don't know how to fix it. Sure. So in essence, what you're saying is that there's, there's a couple of things that are facing African-American women. Number one, the, is the, I guess if we'll call it the stereotype that the superwoman, the super African-American woman can pretty much handle everything. She can take care of a, of a sick child, a, um, a philandering husband or whatever the case may be, but she can handle it. And so from that perception, 
the care that African-American women in particular receive, it's almost like suck it up or she can handle the pain. So we don't really need exactly. to give her the the care and due diligence that we would give other people because she's a superwoman. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. She doesn't get referred to mental health if she needs it. She doesn't get referred to social work if she needs it. She just does not get referred the same way a Caucasian person would get referred to the services that they need. In particular, behavioral health, and in particular, when it comes to uh, Alzheimer's disease, I, I mean, I could do a whole podcast about Alzheimer's disease in the African-American community. They just don't get the services that they need. They don't get referred. And because, and now, I don't is know that, this. Is that because of the Superwoman logo or is that because there are some underlying uh prejudices in the discipline i think it's both i think Mm -hmm. overall many african-american women women will not say this is what i really need because i think that i'm supposed to be able to handle it all and then when we do say yes this is what we need the perception is maybe you don't really need it you're going to abuse it if you if you if you get it and so maybe you don't really need it. So they don't get referred to the services that they really need. So well, it's, it's, it's dual. Wow. Well, first off, let me make sure that we let our callers and our listeners know that you can call in and chat with us at 240-508-8095. That's 240-508-8095. We definitely want to hear from anyone particularly our ladies that are listening, if you have experienced any of this. And my next question is, from your research, what area is most prevalent in terms of services that black women are not getting? Is it uh, the physical stuff? Is it the, is it the mental uh, support? What, what is number one on the list? I know there's a list, but what's number one? To be honest with you, I'm not sure what the number one is because it is across the board. It is mental health. It is physical. It is Alzheimer's disease. It is everything. I don't think there is one thing that tops another. Uh, More than likely, I would probably say if I just had to choose something, it would be mental health. Wow. And and again, that's because of the superwoman complex. And, and, you know, many of us have heard throughout our travels that, you know, there's there's nothing stronger in the world than the black woman. And we look back historically, the things that black women have had to deal with in terms of, you know, slavery. They were raising families. Not only were they raising their families, but they were raising the master's family. They were breastfeeding their children, doing all the things that that they needed to do to survive and then leaving there and going and being mama to their family. And 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 as we move historically through time, even if you look at the at the. at the freedom movement in the in the sixties and in the fifties, uh, where the uh, where the maids were actually walking five and six miles to work 
you know, to support the bus boycott and still going home and being mom and making sure the homework was done and making sure they were being good wives and members of the usher board on Sunday and so forth. So historically, uh, black women have have shown that they are very resilient. And and I and I agree with you. I think that it's sort of translated into well they they can handle it you know if you if you have some bad news just tell them they can handle it or if there's if there's mm-hmm. if there's a procedure that that is a little painful don't worry about the um don't worry about the uh the anesthesia they can handle it she's tough and and so it it's almost become a two-headed coin for african american women because of the things that they have dealt with over the years and dealt with it like no one else could. And now it's sort of come full circle. And now they are not receiving the support that they, they richly deserve and that they need. That's what I'm hearing. Seems like it's backfiring. So just to tell you a personal story of my own, I'm not saying that I don't suffer from the same issues. So I was having a medical issue. I have five children. And I was working full time and at the time going to school. So I was having this medical female issue and it was causing me to double over every five minutes in pain. But what did I do? I got up, I went to work. I didn't tell anybody about my issues and I was doubling over in pain trying to work. And so when, they, when people would come to me and say, well, what is going on? What's wrong with you? I was like, I'm going to be fine. Because in my mind, I, I needed to be the one to handle everything, and I needed to go to work, and I needed to get a paycheck, and I needed to do what I needed to do for my family, and that was it. And to the point where I couldn't even stand up or sit down in a chair. And finally, I had to say, after going a week like this, I've got to go do something because I can't continue like this. And it ended up that I ended up having to have a hysterectomy because of it. But that thought process that I need to handle it all and I can't ask for assistance was ingrained in me. And during school and this research, I realized that I was the same product of what I was researching. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, you know, and that's something that's, I mean, that's, that's something that we, there, there are a lot of, you know, sisters doing some good work, um, in this area. Um, Vernell, you, you, you look like you're going to be adding your name to that list. Um, but there's also, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Imani Allen, who is a, um, social epidemiologist. That's a lot of, that's a lot of mm-hmm. syllables, but, but essentially what she, what she does <laughs> is, 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 is how the way we live affects our health essentially you know the where we live the neighborhoods what we have access to what we don't have access to and she's an associate professor at uh, a community health uh, sciences and epidemiology at uc berkeley and she's done a lot of work um uh, in that area um and you you know some of the things that 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 she talks about or, or that they talk about is this this whole idea of, of what they call a superwoman schema um mm-hmm. and um and how it reflects the, the the gendered racial socialization that African American women receive early in life and throughout their life course. So, you know, to your point, Ronell, you know, like this is what you've known, you know, I've got to push through. 
Um, and, and you get up and you go and you do what has to be done because you got to take care of everybody who needs to be taken care of. And if it falls on your back, well, that's just the way it is, you know, and a lot of times it's, it's generational, you know, my mother, you, you see, you, you know, you saw your mother do it, you know, she saw her yeah. mother do it, you know, and, and it's just, it, it's just the way that it's always been. So you don't really know it, you know, you, you're just doing what you, what you know. Um, or what you think you got to do. And no one is, is rushing to help. I mean, we see the same thing in um, and where it becomes a, a problem. On the one hand, you do it because you kind of push back. You know, you got to be strong because you, you push back all of the, 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 the crap that you have to deal with, all the microaggressions and everything else that we deal with as black folk in America in particular. And you just kind of push through. So in that regard, the superwoman thing kind of helps steal you from from having to deal with with that in the same or kind of de, it's a kind of defense mechanism in that way but then it also gives off some you know then 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 there's a fine line between the superwoman and the angry black woman you know exactly then, then you got oh, wow. that issue that there you, you go. got to deal with because you got to be confident uh and all of that stuff but then you know like what does it mean if, if one of the questions that i saw in some of the research that they were talking about uh, when they were talking about the strong black women as, as you, it's kind of an armor that you wear, but it's also a liability. For example, um, uh, someone said, what does it mean to continue to have an intense motivation to succeed while you're also experiencing barriers to achieving that success? You know, how do you, how do you, you know, it, it seems to nullify. It's like banging your head against the wall because it feels so good when you stop, you know, it's like, right what kind of say, you know, how does that, how does that work for you? What is, what was it that you do? Um, but well, one, you know, we talk about, you know, one of my phrases is our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. And the greatest strength of the black woman is, is that she can endure a lot, but we don't really accept the toll that it takes on our families, that it takes on ourselves and how it affects our communities as well. I mean, if, if I mean, in that particular scenario that I gave on my personal situation, I mean, if I had have stopped and said in the beginning, okay, I'm having an issue. I need to go to see a physician and figure out what's going on. I wouldn't have had to have the effects of how it affected my family, which was, you know, I was down for a week and a couple of weeks. And then, you know, it was, just, it was just, a hard effect on my family, but my mindset was I got to continue to push through. I've got to figure out how to handle everything that I got to handle. And I didn't, you know, uh, assess how it would affect my family. And we're not having those conversations. Um, I, I don't know where to go to. I mean, there's no support group for, uh, black women super syndrome that I know of. And so I don't, I don't, I didn't have an outlet. And so if I didn't have an outlet, there's so many other black women that don't have an outlet or don't know what to do or where to go when those things happen. Maybe. You and it's going to kill our music in the end. You wow. may, you may need to start that group. That might be what it is. Maybe you know, I you do. Would, if, if, if you don't Maybe know of so. one, there you might be, and I ain't trying to put no more on you, Superwoman. But I'm just saying, you can have some other 
some, you know, that might be something that might be something you could do. I, we both know a couple of friends that you got that you could call that could help you in that group. We may not be able to get and them a call in here tonight, but they can help you. <laughs> well, we talked about it in our little groups, but right. we need to make our little groups bigger groups. Right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take it. We're going to take a break uh, because as we always do it, uh, 30 minutes in. So uh, we'll be Vernell Mitchell's been been talking to us about uh, some some issues with regard to the superwoman. Is it is it a is it a, a help or a hindrance? Is it a blessing or a curse? Is it is it is it is it kryptonite? Is being a superwoman is a superwoman myth kryptonite for for our black women? Uh, we'll be back with you after the break, Chief. Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. Other shows water down the issues. We only serve the hard stuff. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. It's because of that historical trauma that goes back so many generations. Believe in a, a fundamental form of racial justice. We are tired. Guys, we're tired. And we are frustrated. And racism. This is a critical time for us. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. My name is David, and in eight years, I'll be an alcoholic. I'll start drinking in middle school, just at parties. But my parents won't start talking to me about it till high school. And by then, I'll already be in some trouble. Kids who drink before age 15 are five times more likely to have alcohol problems when they're adults. The thing is, my parents won't even see it coming. So start talking Who's next? before they start drinking. I just remembered it's election day. Are you going to vote? I don't know. I don't think I'll have time today. Millions of eligible voters in America never make it to the polls or even register to vote. When you don't vote, you're letting other people make decisions for you and pick the things your taxes will pay for. Voting is more than a civic duty. It gives you a voice about the priorities and the future of your community and our nation. Voting gives you a seat at the table. Stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. 
The only thing I didn't learn in school today? The only thing I didn't learn today? The only thing I didn't learn is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Chaser Talk Radio. How the shows water down the issues. We only serve the hard stuff. Straight No Chaser Talk Radio. Chaser, been talking to Vernell Mitchell and Chief and I have been talking to Vernell about uh, this whole myth of the, the black superwoman uh, issues like um, situations like superwoman schema and things like that. Now, let me play a piece about about what that is before we go to author. We've got author that we're going to we're going to talk to uh, calling us all the way from Orlando, Florida. In one second, Arthur, we're going to get to you, but I want to play this clip that kind of describes what the black woman schema is. The woman schema can affect things like sleeping habits, relationships, and even diet. The Center for Disease Control says more than half of African-American women older than 20 are obese. African-Americans also develop high blood pressure more often and at an earlier age than their white and Hispanic counterparts. Even within that troubling statistic, there's even more worry for black women. More of them have high blood pressure than black men. Then there's the effect of network stress. That's when you carry stressors because someone in your circle is experiencing stress. When we compared directly experienced stress to network stress, we found that for African-American women, um, network stress was just as powerful a contributor to overall emotional distress as was their personally directly experienced stress. Wow. Wow. I mean, some of those statistics... I. <laughs> You know, you talk about high blood pressure all the time, and we've always heard that as as black men, Chief, you know, that, you know, we've got high blood pressure, and we always think about black men. But here, that statistic is saying that black women yes. have more have higher blood pressure than black men. Wow. So, you know, that that was just part of a, an idea of what the, the whole superwoman schema, uh, play, how it plays out. But we've got author... Uh, author calling us from Orlando. Author, welcome to the show. Yep, I'm ready. 
Go right ahead, Arthur. We, we, we've got you live on Straight okay. Road Chasing. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I can't hear you. I can hear you. Hello? 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 Arthur, can you hear us? I can hear you, but I I don't think they can hear me. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, now there I am. There you go. Okay. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I've been listening to you, gentlemen. Yeah. Yes, I can. I can hear you. Oh, great. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been listening to you. Yes, sir. What was your comment, Arthur? Turn your radio down, and and we want to hear from you. Okay. Well, my comment is that I think we as black men. We have to take a little bit. We have to take a little bit of the blame for this. It's not a whole lot. Okay, why you say that? We have to take. Well, I say that because of the fact, you know, we are not. I was listening to Vernell. She was five kids working, things of this nature. When you do that, you know, obviously, I don't know. I don't know anything about her personal life, but me as a man who grew up in the 60s and talking about the women I have. I was raised by strong black women who, and some of my grand, my grandparents was the help. They were, I was raised in Washington, D.C. They were out in Montgomery County in Maryland working for the other families, the Caucasian families raising, coming home, trying to cook food, put food on the table, buy it, clean it, put it on the table, take care of the kids, do everything else, take care of their daughters and their children. And do it all. And they all passed away. God bless their souls at very young ages because of some of the things that were just mentioned. High blood pressure, tension, diabetes, things of that nature. But the main thing is I grew up and I saw there was never a dominant male ever there to take that pressure away from them. I think what we have to do as males, and I think we, I think across the board as male and female, we have to educate our daughters. I, I have four daughters now. Mm-hmm. I have four daughters that I've raised. I have a wife of 35 years. When I married her, I told her, I want you to work because you want to, not because you have to. Okay. Because I saw, I saw what my grandparents and my mother went through. Sure. And I wanted to be there to, to, to let her know that you don't have to carry this, this weight. You know, we are here. We're here. We're a team. We are a culture of help. So, you know, and I know we've had a generation of our men disappearing for various reasons. We, that, that we could do a whole nother show on that. Yep. But coming back to right now and the president, what Vernell is talking about, and I worked in the medical field and retired from the medical field myself. We, when we get in the medical field, as in anything else, we have to outdo to progress in just about anything. And it's very hard on the females, especially in the nursing field. Because they always have to exceed the output of their Hispanics, Asians, and whoever else is in the mix within a hospital and healthcare environment. And that puts a lot of pressure on them. And just listening to that speech that you played and about Vernell talking about the mental health issue of it, I saw a lot of them break down. Some of them go, go south on me. 
So I understand, but I think, just to put this in a nutshell, that we need to educate our young daughters and, and try to carry them and let them know that they don't have to do things. Educate yourself to the level of... Oh, wow. We lost, uh, we lost Arthur. Uh-oh. Yep, sound like Arthur's gone. Oh, that's all right. I, I, Arthur was making a great point, though. I'll see if we can get him back. Yeah. So. So, if I could say one thing is yeah, that I, I understand what Arthur is saying. I, we grew up with these um, images of our mothers, grandmothers, you know, handling the business. But one of the big problems is, and you know, I said it previously, is that the education needs to be with some of these healthcare providers. Um, and I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to start that. But if we can educate them as to understanding that there really is a healthcare disparity when it comes to people of color, that would be one aspect that would help with, you know, everything that is going on. But I don't know how to do that. Sure. And um, we- and we've got Arthur back. Understanding that there really is a healthcare disparity when it comes to people of color, that would be one aspect that would help with you know everything that's going on. But I don't know how to do that. Sure. And we've got Arthur back. Arthur, you back with us? Yes, I am. Okay, we sorry we lost you there, but finish your comment. Okay, and, and you know, I I was basically saying, and I hear hear Renelle, and when she talks about, like I said, being in the medical field at one time myself, yes, we've got to educate those providers. But that's like uh, what's the old saying: you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Exactly. So we have to get to the point where we have to put physicians within our own structure to educate. In fact, we have to become the providers. We have to educate our children to think about being doctors. Think about being these professionals. Think about, we have some very, very good black colleges, medical schools, that do things that can promote us there. And that's what we have to do. Because you're not going to change those providers who are already there. Because once they're there, once they're making their profit in their life, they're not going to change that. They're making money. They're doing things. They're rolling. They're not going to change it. They don't want to change. So we have to change it. We have to put our people in position or train them or try to educate them to the point that they can become the providers. And I truly, truly believe that. And, Vernell, I tip my hat to you. You're a wonderful woman. I, I, I love hearing you explain things. I love your story. Again, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. Thank you, Arthur, for calling, and thank you for listening, sir. Thank you. All right. That is good. That is good. Arthur is, is, is bringing, you know, some other, some other points as well. And, and, you know, Vernell, you know, you're speaking to, on the one hand, you know, un, once you uncover this, that's one thing when you're uncovering, you know, for you to, for you to be in this, in this struggle, as you said, it was 2006 when you were first, you know, floored by what the professor said. And here we are, you know, 14 years later and and now it's grown to a point where you're doing the research yourself 
and kind of pulling it in. But in the meantime, from 2006 to 2014 or 2020, you're still doing, you know, you're still pushing through, through life kind of the same way, you know, pushing back that whole, uh, trying to push back that, that superwoman um, tendency to kind of just do, do all things the whole time. And, you know, all of this stuff is exacerbated. Now, this is one of the things that, you know, might end up getting me in some trouble, but I don't know. We, this is straight no chaser, so you have to say it. But when you talk about, you know, we always talk about black folks being um, at the top of, you know, we're, we're, we're a smaller part of the population, 12, 13, 14% of the population. But, you know, we're, we, we are always on the top of all the bad stuff health-wise. You know, high blood right. pressure, high cholesterol, you know, everything. And, and, and yet there's not that much different between, and I'm only using, I know there's other people in the world, but I use black and white because I always use black and white when I'm dealing with race stuff, because that's been the longest in this country. That's been the longest, the longest going issue. If they ever get that relationship, right. Uh, then, right. then all the rest of them will fall in place. But there's not that much difference between black folks and white folks biologically. You know, there's not much that separates us. We're, we're kind of put together the same way, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, but people are always like, well, how are you always at the highest? You know, or why are we always, um, you know, higher stress levels, higher, you know, issues with blood pressure and heart attack and heart issues and things like that? Because, you know, the white folks don't have to deal with white folks. Exactly. You got to say it. I mean, that racial thing is real. That the stress from the day to day, as as we talk about on other other points, and this this goes back to what part of the reason that we wanted to do this discussion tonight was was a follow up to kind of what we were talking about last week uh, with Kevin Powell and Yolanda Caraway. We were talking about some other issues, and we were talking about you know we got into a discussion about the we were talking about. whether or not to remove the, the monuments, statues and things like that with, you know, Confederate cool. stuff. We got a caller coming cool. in, but, but just the point that I'm, I'm making this, is, we, we talked about reeducating people and having an education about what's really going on uh, from, you know, and reeducating folks. And this is part of that reeducation, you know, this whole superwoman myth and what the reality is about how it affects black women and their health. So this is this is part of the reason that we want to talk about that. And the racial tensions and things like that are stressors. Microaggressions are stressors that add to and exacerbate any other situation that we have. So, you know, to me, I think that's a factor. I mean, people want to act like it's not. But, you know, Dr. Uh, Amani that I was talking about earlier, the social epidemiologist is looking at how these types of things that what you have to deal with in your environment day to day, your work environment, things like that make a difference in your health. But uh, we're going to go to the caller. Chief, go ahead. Bring, bring, got a caller for us? Yeah, we have uh, Phil on the line. Phil, how are you, sir? Hey, Phil. Phil from Maryland. Doing, doing well, sir. How are you today? I'm well. Feeling bad. Top of the afternoon to you. And Miss Mitchell, it is very good. Miss McKee, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank Can you. Can she hear me like yes, sir. She said uh, she's doing well. Thank you. So, Chief, good bad, Ms. Mitchell. My wife happened to be passing through my parlor when she was listening to some of the comments. Uh, and, and everything that 
Miss Mitchell said, indeed, is true. But my wife, who is somewhat of a coward, I would never say that if she was around. <laughs> she insisted that I call because she says that there is another side to the black woman. And what she determines the black Wonder Woman is, is that woman who has risen above. Um, she, she gives her husband, that would be me, a lot of credit because she says that too often black women do not get recognized for having strong families and strong husbands. And as the caller before Arthur talked about, uh, black men being there to relieve those stresses that, that Miss Mitchell talked about. Well, my wife, and of course I agree with her, there are many of us who have overcome our past yesteryear. We, we still have some who, who create these, these problems, but we now have fathers who protect their black women. Uh, myself, I have a daughter, and I spend a lot of time, and my daughter's grown now, but I still spend a lot of time helping her to understand, to learn what that black Wonder Woman must be about, must be like, must get educated, must be able to find that man that really she believes is the man for her. So when I was looking at the topic for the night, I guess what I'm saying to Tindad, Miss Mitchell, we have a lot of Wonder Women. I mean, I could go from the top from Michelle Obama, uh, and then I could look at, I would never say the bottom, women like my wife, like Susan, like those women like who stood by us, those sure. of Houston, who helped to bring our children to the forefront. So I think what I, I, again, there's nothing that Miss Mitchell said that was wrong. Um, but I think we, I, I was just maybe hoping we would hear more about those Wonder Women who are pushing our families forward and who have that help to do it because they are the women that they are. Uh, I mean, I've been married for life. I got life. I got life some 45, 48 years ago. And I wouldn't change a thing in the world. Um, it does take, take the family unit, and I think we've learned that. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I just... You know, I told my wife I, w- I would call. Uh, um, we do have a, a a a whole host of 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 black women who are making all the difference. Miss Mitchell, what and my wife slapped me upside the head when she was listening to you because that professor who had those things to say to you, she was trying to figure out why you were not just getting out the penitentiary. For, <laughs> But so then the question came up, Ms. Mitchell, do you believe that this is a a, a geographical issue, a cultural issue? You know, some would say, well, that may have happened at the university you attended, but at another university, a professor wouldn't dare stand up with a black woman in in his presence, especially not a white professor, and say something like that um, in the midst of the class. I I guess that's a question that really got a hold of me. Do we believe that some of these issues are, are geographical, are, are they a matter of where you're located? What is it? I mean, I, I just don't think that 
Well, I can't say that. You can be careful when I'm talking to you black women because you all can be a handful. You can be. But, but Miss Mitchell, what do you think? Do you think this is because of that particular university or doing your research? Have you found this happening nationwide? I don't believe it Mike, is. I can't hear just... Am I still there? Yeah, she's still, she's responding. So I don't I believe it. that it is just geographical or, or it, it is, it is geographical. It I don't is believe it. Yeah, she's still, Go ahead, Arlene. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Um, there is a disparity between uh, regions when it comes to uh, the African-American community that lives in rural areas, it's, it's, uh, it is socioeconomic. Uh, it doesn't just affect people who are of low incomes. It affects people that have, have middle-class incomes and high incomes when it comes to race. It is across the board, and that is one of the problems, that it, it is completely across the board. Um, wow. In the PACE organization that I work in, we really serve those who are socioeconomically challenged, as I could say, and we serve a lot of people that are in rural areas. And in rural areas, it's just as bad. But if I could say one thing, and I know that we are close to ending the time, is, and I'm just going to speak personally for me, yes, I grew up being taught how to be a strong black woman, the superwoman. But what I want to be is just a woman. I want to be the person who is allowed to be vulnerable, who is allowed to walk into a doctor's office and say, I have this issue and be heard. And that is not what the case is. So when I immediately walk into a doctor's office, I have to feel like I have to talk a certain way, act a certain way, and I have to be vigilant about my care, and I just want to be able to have the same respect that is afforded to my Caucasian counterpart, and that sure. is not the case. Right, right. And I, I also want to make Phil heard like I heard initially. You know, it wasn't you, your professor was just telling you, was just giving you what it right. was that they had heard. Not they weren't they weren't telling her that Phil. I thought the same thing. I was wondering why she had, did slap him and knock him down. But you know that professor was trying to look out was trying to look out for her by telling her these are the perceptions the the, the where you are going. These are the perceptions that you're going to be faced with. Know that going in. Right. So he he was trying to to kind of warn right. her beforehand. So that's why she didn't knock him out. And that's why she's here with us and not in jail. That's right. She is here talking <laughs> exactly. to us. Exactly. Giving us the benefit exactly. of, of her. Um, you know, and I just I just want to thank you before we, we get to the point where we get to the end. I just want to thank you for not only talking about what it is, you know, because when I when I talk with you know Brunel, I was saying, hey, this would be great to talk about. But um but your willingness and candor to be able to kind of share your story and bring your, your um your exactly. story to the fore too and how it is 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 appreciated because not not everybody's willing to do that and you don't that's not something that we we ask to do so i'm thankful um you know when you when you offer up your story um and um and personally how you're you're moving through it and and uh, growing from it uh i think it always helps 
know, all the folks who are out there listening to us. So you just never know who you're connecting with and who you're, who you're touching. So, and you know, um, thank you for that. And you know, Arthur brought up some some really interesting points, particularly about the um, the role of the the male. And um, you know, he 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 made some good points about the support mechanisms and so forth. And uh, Susan also shared a comment with us from the chat room, and she said, you know, you have also males who believe in roles. So if a woman worked, it was her choice, but she had to maintain a household and a job because it was her role, you know? So, you know, that's another perspective too. the, there's that pressure internally, you know, inside the house. And then there's that pressure externally, you know, the folks at the job are like, Oh yeah, you know, you're a, I guess these days the angry black woman and you know, the, that or that strong black woman or whatever people perceive at the moment. And then of course, internally, okay, well, you know, you're out working, you're doing all these things, but when you get home, uh, I still expect dinner to be ready. I still expect these things. I still expect you to be able to deal with the homework. So, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that point up, Arthur and Susan, that, you know, there's, there, there are other pressures outside of what you're hearing in the, in the medical profession and so forth that add to that stress for the superwoman. Right. And, and uh, one other comment is that when you look at the internal and out external pressures, you can, you can, it's very easy to see why uh, prevalence of high blood pressure, uh, heart disease, and how we deal with uh, the stresses, overeating is prevalent in the black community. It's, it's easy to correlate those factors, but um, one last point, and then I promise you I'm going to stop talking. No, it's fine. Is, Go ahead. This is you. This is you. <laughs> is, um, in my profession, the stress that I have to deal with with trying to, and I'm in a healthcare profession, is and trying to educate those that are around me and not be perceived as the angry black woman is huge. Every single day, well, I have right. to make a decision whether I'm going to speak up about what I see that is not correct sure. and dispel therapies and deal with. You know, if I say it, what are, what are they going to think? Am I going to be able to keep my job? Um, you know, and it, it is, is a stress every day. And then to come home and be the superwoman, deal with the kids, deal with the husband, and deal with everything else, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And a lot of times we don't want to tell people that we're under that stress, but we need this support group that evidently I'm, I'm about to start to be able to talk right. about those issues so that we can reduce our risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, overeating, obesity, and all those things that come along with it. Well, let me ask you, um, let me ask you the question. So what types of things, if you had a top three, would you recommend in your group to women who feel that pressure, who are just at the end of their rope where they just don't care? Seek help, be honest, and allow yourself to be vulnerable. 
it's okay to be vulnerable. You can still be considered a strong black woman and be vulnerable at the same time. The two don't have to cancel each other out. They can exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. And right. wow. Well, I tell you, there's a whole lot of work being done on this. You know, people are looking at this now. There are a whole lot of of folks who are looking at this. Um, You know, not only the, you know, the pressures of, of, you know, just trying to take care of everybody else before taking care of yourself or without taking care of yourself in many cases, but also how the whole racial piece plays into that. What you talked about, all those microaggressions, all those calculations that you have to do, you know, at work, you know, like, am I Mm -hmm. going to say something about this or do I let that slide? Because I'm right right around the corner. If I answer this question, this question is coming up next. I mean, you got to do more figuring out just for the regular everyday, anything, you know, and one of the things that that some of the people who are doing uh, some of the research um, on this uh, particular piece of the problem is not that women need to learn to cope better with racial discrimination. The problem is racial discrimination itself and the need for interventions intended to address racial discrimination and experience as experienced in the workplace by police and society at large. I mean, everywhere we go, we've got something that we've got to, you know, we've got to deal with, you know, we've got to deal with it at work. We've got to deal with it in the stores, you know, or somebody following us around in the store, all of this other stuff, you know, that, that, that lays heavy all so we've got all of the, look at it this way. We've got all, of, because we're human beings, we've got all the same stressors that everybody else has. White, black, you know, whatever race. Sure. And then on top of that, and underlying all of that is the issue of race. So you've got all of that stuff to deal with. And then you, st- you still have this underlying tension of race that's in all of that that we have to, as black folks have to deal with uh, and black women in particular. Correct. That's correct. And then you have to come back right. home and then you, and then you've got work at home that you, you know, you're taking care of because uh, you know, for, for whatever the, the whole superwoman piece. So where do you get your break? You know, sure. You know, the commercial used to come out, you know, Calgon, take me away. That's right. You know, right. we, we don't have a lot of Calgon right we now. We ain't got enough Calgon right. to take to take your weight, the kind of the weight that you all are carrying. Exactly. Uh, you're carrying. And I and I take, you know, I, I, I'm I'm appreciative for Phil and both author, but um for their their points. But, you know, we we talk about a lot of things, too. Um, and, and, and we lean, you know, on the male side as we are. But, you know, this is. We trying to give the sisters some this time, so to, to let you know we got to take care of the sisters <laughs> sure. uh, too. And Can have the sister a get a little bit of something? You got, right. you got it. You got it. You well, got it. You got I, it. You got a whole lot of something. So well, you go out the house right now. Just go outside and do what you want to do. Roll around in the grass and come on back. Put your feet roll, in the earth. And roll in the grass. That's well, right. Do what you want to do. Feel it. And don't I, have my hair I, completely together. I can do whatever I want to do. That's do what right. you want to do. Be that's natural. Right. Do outside. We we well, got your back. And, and I tell you, I, you, you're lighting up. You're lighting up the chat room tonight. And I have another question regarding your 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 help group. And this is from Susan. Who can be in the in the group? Who are anybody who, that's willing to have a conversation 
about stress, what black women go through. It, it, it doesn't matter. I need anybody that's willing to actually have an honest conversation. Sure. See how she just took that on. She didn't say, say I didn't, I'm not doing it. She said, she, it ain't even created yet. She's going to create it though. See, go ahead. That's right. Do that's your right. Thing. And it, then, uh, wait, anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. I cut you off. Just recently having a, a group, uh, conversation, uh, with my team leads and our senior leadership at work about, uh, what's going on in the world today with the George Floyd. And I, you know, we say we understand about systemic racism, but I don't think we understand to the point that they don't understand. I'm, I'm not sure we really get it because in that meeting that we had, what I did, cause I couldn't hold the pressure anymore as a black woman, I broke down and decided I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give a darn about what they were going to think about me or what I said or how it was going to affect my job. I said, you as co- and I'm talking to my executive director and my chief operating officer. I said, you as Caucasian women do not have to have the same conversations with your children that I have to have. And I started to cry. I said, you don't have to tell them how to deal with being stopped by a cop. You don't have to do that. But I have to do that. You don't have to worry every day about your children and what's going on in the world, but I do. And I started to cry. And I said, at that point, I don't care. I can't hold this. I can't be this strong black woman. And that's why I say you have to be able to be both. You have to be able to say, I'm going to be vulnerable, but still be that strong black woman at the same time. And at that time, I just didn't care. I couldn't hold it all anymore. And I had more conversations and that week after about race, about disparities in healthcare, about black women, about black men than I have ever had in the whole five years I've been at that job. Sure. And before I have another comment that's gonna that's gonna light it up a little bit. But before we do that, can you give your contact information? Because we've had several folks chatting that want to your contact information. Yes. Uh, my name is Radell Mitchell. You can reach me at V-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L at SeniorTLC.org. Uh, my, uh, I give you my work number because that's where I am most of the time. You can reach me at 704-874-2295, and I'll reply to anybody. Just leave me a message. I'm always in a meeting, but just leave me a message, and I'll call you back. All right, and then don't be this, no superwoman, don't. If you can't do that's it, right. you can't do it. You just take yourself a minute because <laughs> you don't you don't know who you might reach out here, woman. You just you, you, Vernell, you just you don't know. That's you right. Just might be. And you just you might you're right, and I'm here. I'm currently in the process of working on my own business, uh, which is to help uh, families deal with the effects of dealing with somebody or caring for somebody with dementia. Alzheimer's and so I will have more information to come on that and so uh, Sinbad if you ever want to have a podcast about black folks in dementia yes I do 
I got you. Yes. All right, we're gonna do that too. We yes, we. That. I know personally <laughs> how devastating that can be. Yeah, she's um, and so, especially uh, in the black community. Yes, yes, that's um, that is a cruel and vicious illness, and um, it, it just wow. I have another comment from William, and William says, "My man, William, the superwoman mystique brings with it a burden today's women are finding difficult to live up to, as did our mothers." That said, maybe they should never. Maybe they should never have had to, um, let's see, that said, maybe they should have never should have had to past or present. But to be honest, I think black women could do a better job than they are doing as mates. I know too many men who stay married because of the kids, but feel like they are in a self-induced prison and like they are in a self-induced prison sentence with their very own superwoman. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I'll, hmm. I don't even. All know. right. Well, prison. Center. All I can say, I don't even really know quite what to say about that comment. Um, because I know that from my just personal perspective, black women have carried some black men for a long time and should have gotten out of relationships that they didn't. For whatever the reason, maybe it's because they felt like they were superwoman and they needed to hold the family together. But, uh, well, I, I tell you, I, I tell you, sure. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I, I can only, I can only respond to that from, from personal experience. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have come up through the ranks of a police department that historically had a reputation for being one of the, one of the most vicious places or departments, you know, in the state of Maryland, um, as as throughout the years. And and everyone can tell you the story you can read about, you know, some of those things. And, And I tell you, that's a tough business to be in law enforcement period. And I can tell you right now that, I would not have been as successful as I was had it not been for my superwoman because you you have you have to study you have to also pay attention to the things that are going on at the job and all of the trappings that come from knowing that you're in a profession where you're not necessarily wanted and so and then when you come home and you have to talk about it and distress and all the other things and you have somebody saying, I hear you, you're going to be all right. Get out there, keep it moving. I got you. You know, you can't put a price on that type of support. I, I tell you now, everyone's experience may not have been as great as mine, but I can tell you from the examples that I saw in my own house, plus the example I grew up with in Baltimore, uh, watching my mother support my father and vice versa, you know, that was what I thought was the, the epitome of black love was, you know, what hearing my dad come home, talk about some things at work and my mom, not only giving him that nurturing and that support, but also 
they had enough love and respect for each other that she could even tell him, well, you know, in that case, you were wrong. And and when she put it out there and said, you either right or you were wrong, it was like it came down from Mount Olympus because that's the kind <laughs> of relationship they had. And that's the kind of superwoman that she was, you know. So I can only tell you from the experiences that I had and then my in-laws, uh, the Kagers, you know, I just watched how, you know, they they just drooled over each other, you know, for 50 some odd years, you know, supporting and loving and caring. And and God knows, you know, coming up through the the uh, civil rights era, uh, you know, my in-laws came from West Virginia and, um, you know, you know that story and still having that support and that love. So I can only respond to this from what I, I know. And that is, it's very, very difficult to be successful without your superwoman. And I'll leave it there. I think personally, there's nothing wrong with being a super woman, a super black woman. Everybody wants to say, yes, I was able to handle this situation and that situation. I think the missing piece to the puzzle is that we don't add the vulnerability in of how difficult it is to be a superwoman. If we were to add that vulnerability in, then we could open up lots of conversations about what's going on in relationships. If I'm handling things, but I'm struggling handling things, but I don't want to say I'm struggling handling things, then I can't have a conversation with my mate about what he could be doing better or what he could be doing more to help me and us be this uh, unified yoke of a family. It's the vulnerability part that we seem to deem as a weakness. It's not a weakness. And as soon as we can realize that being vulnerable is not a weakness, I think things will start to change. Mm. I agree that I, you can't end it on a better note than that. Chief, you can't yes, end sir. it on a better note than that. Vernell brought it. I'm getting comments over here. So she's exactly right. <laughs> she's exactly right. So for now, you are doing this thing. Yes. You are doing this thing. This is this is this is this is gonna be something different. This is gonna this is gonna turn into something else. This doesn't stop here. But so. but we we always appreciate um our our listeners and we appreciate getting the comments that are, you know, that support what we're saying and those comments that don't agree with what we're saying. So keep it coming. Keep it listen. Keep listening. We, we appreciate all the comments and we appreciate all of our listeners, but I still love my superwoman though. Oh, he is trying to make sure he gets. I love them too. That's right. I love my superwoman. Yeah. Shut You Chief ain't right. He's trying to make sure. He's trying, we are crazy. We have to be. I mean, you know, you got to have some levity in it, but we all know that we know this is yes. real. And this is part of our, I think last week we kind of made the um, uh, the unspoken promise that we're going to try to continue while we've got folks listening who normally aren't listening. 
and and hearing us in a different way now and listening to us in a different way. Exactly. I think it's I think it's incumbent upon us to be able to kind of pull out those things that people don't know or people aren't thinking about. And even some not just other communities, but even in the black community, you know, I, I bet you there are people who are thinking like, you know what? I never thought about this whole superwoman thing, you know, mm-hmm. I, but it's real. And it, really is. And it is, you end up placing more stress on yourself um, in that regard. And like you said, you know, vulnerability is not a weakness. Um not at all. Um, and, and it's not something that you shouldn't be allowed to, to, to feel, you know, you, the fact that you, you know, a lot of women feel like they can't feel certain things. Right. Um, that's mm-hmm. not the case. You know, you've got to be allowed to feel, you know, things you are affected by things, um, you know, that like everybody else, you know, disappointment, mm-hmm. frustration, anger, all of that stuff is like, you, you got to be allowed to express that because that is the stuff, the stuff that gets under your skin gets into your body, you know, in, in, oh, a, in, a, in, a, in a real way. The stuff that, the stuff that gets under your skin gets into your body and manifests itself in high blood pressure and stress and, and all of this other stuff. Um, and yeah, we, deal with, we deal with stuff that gets under our skin all the time. Um, and we do it without knowing a lot of times yep. because mm-hmm. it is just, again, it's, it's that whole thing where I keep talking about the fish that's in the water doesn't know that it's wet, you know, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, and, and we don't know, you know, we just grow up in this, in this way of life. And, and it's just the way that we have to kind of move and to survive. Um, and so, you know, hats off, hats off to you for all that you've done, the work that you're doing, the research that you're doing, indeed, uh, the folk that you are helping that, that, that don't even know yet <laughs> that you're, that you're helping them. There's a group that you look like you're going to end up starting. Um, <laughs> evidently I'm starting yeah, it. I'm, I'm going to tell you the first two, right. Cause you said you couldn't find a lot of times you find out when there's things, when, when you see something that's needed and you don't see any evidence of it being out there, there, there's a, it must be, you know, for you to do. Yep. <laughs> um, that's right. In some way. I mean, you got some help surely. Uh, I can, I can give you two names right off the bat. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> that, that can help you. Hopefully right. they're listening and they, and they can call you and let you know. But we're going to talk to you about the um, uh, Alzheimer's things uh, as we move into that too, because that's that's something too that folks are dealing with, uh, and our folks in particular. Um, and that is the main my main wheelhouse right now. But I just want to say thank you so much, Chief and Thin Man, for our very first podcast and I just appreciate you allowing me to be me on your show all the time. Hey, that's what we do. You yes. got to be, keep it straight. No chaser. Like that's we say, exactly right. right. So Vernell, we want to thank you too. Vernell Mitchell. You all has done her, um, has done her thing has, has kind of laid it out and, it's, and she's just being who she is. Um, which is why we thought it should be a, a great guest to kind of talk about, um, uh, this particular issue and the research that she's doing. And we'll check back with her later yes, on, um, on Absolutely. any number of issues, but we can, we can revisit this issue too. Um, so chief. Yes, sir. We, we, we've come to the end of another week. 
Phil, yes, we want to thank you. William, we want to thank you. Arthur, we want to thank you. Susan. Uh, that's three different states right there, Vernell. That's right. People, we, we've got Georgia, we've got Maryland, and we've got Florida that we know of right now who called. That's right. And I got D.C. Okay. too because my aunt in D.C. just texted me and said, she is absolutely right. So, that's right. <laughs> so, and, so, and, all right. Well, we're doing it up, aren't we? Oh yeah, we're gonna. Oh, when the chief will get the, all the analytics later, and he'll tell me tomorrow <laughs> who That's we right. talked to, who was tuning in to us, so that you can know where it is. I ain't gonna. I wasn't gonna tell you up front. That's right. I didn't want you to get all nervous on uh, on the uh, on the mic, but um, but you did. I your think thing. you know me well, don't you? Yeah, we didn't right. want you to get nervous. I want you to be like, I ain't coming down here. But, That's right. Um, say, pull it together, girl. Pull it together. Pull it together. Good steps. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. Get, hey, all right, there she goes. Then get it together, get together. Let's get it together. But um, but we want to thank you again, Vernell Mitchell. Thanks so much for for all that you're doing, all that you've done in the past, all the folks who you've helped who ain't thanked you. We want to thank you. Um, thank and, you so uh, much. I appreciate you. Yes, indeed, we appreciate you. And Chief, yes, sir. Ambezi, did we play the Ambezi thing? Yeah, we got Ambezi and her group in the background playing, and it's a song about a young lady that's trying to make it. And mm. she's just kind of stressed out. So Ambezi's going to take us out. And uh, right, Ambezi will take us out. We yeah. thank you all. So thank you, Ambezi. Thank you, Thin Bad. And everybody just kind of groove with Ambezi a little bit. This should be dropping here in a couple of weeks, but we just wanted you to hear it here first. Mornell sh- like that hit too. That's right. Here we go. I do. Very much. Take Never care. Too much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. It's like I'm not alright. Then I shine so bright. You see lights and such. I just pray, believe that I can breathe. Then I look to what's in front of me. Cause I hope to be just what you need. What you need? Uh, I think not. Baby, take a pen and jot. Acting like you must forgot. Like I am the winner. I am the prize. What I do next, I can hardly decide. Feeling uh, and killing the vibe. I'm chilling, but I am a villain inside. Uh, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.